All right, back here on the Sports Grind, Calvin Casey, Jonas Clark producing. Spit of the one and twos, 877-37-GRIND is your number to participate. Today's show is being presented by Dos Equis. Get a dose. And we are broadcasting here from the Hazel Sky online studios. So, yes, yeah, so there's quite a bit to talk about and figure out before the draft of who's taking what or should Dallas do this and that. Uh, but I just feel that those two things, I didn't get a chance to, t- uh, you know, talk on about the tight end situation when he elected to go with the Texans. And then I thought it was good to bring up the situation with Bijan since Zeke, you know, we're going to enter the second week of Zeke being released. And, you know, they signed the running back is with the one year deal. That's more of like an insurance policy to Pollard. But I just look like, you know what, Bijan, where are they drafting? I mean, he's going to go, but I don't think he survives down to that point. But it could be possibly one of their type of Jerry Jones picks you should say but what do you got well on the other side of that though for the houston texans you had a tight end one mm. you just paid your franchise left tackle you're you're they are making moves and now i understand schultz comes in only on a one-year deal right uh so it's kind of a you know let's test this out policy i don't know maybe they're just trying to stay above cap who I, we'll have to break that down as we see what they what else they do this offseason um but that that's a good signing, and it's just again, like I said the other day with the with the uh, Laramie Tunsil signing. When you bring in a young quarterback, mm. if that's really if they plan on starting them at any point this season, hmm. then again, same thing with Dak. A tight end is a quarterback's best friend, especially as they're learning an offense, and you've got a good one now, in Dalton Schultz. Is he that guy though? I mean, how good is he? I think so. I mean, but how if if a team lets you walk, because we heard nothing about any type of contract offer to Schultz or anything like that, and I don't even know how Dallas's fan base feels about him. But if how good is he if you were able to walk? Okay. Now, if it's a situation that you believe, or their front office and their scouts believe what I do about this tight end, and they take a tight end in the second, third round, okay. But in regards to the Texans. Yeah, I think it's it it's uh you know, I can think it's a, a pickup. I mean, it's not damn sure, I mean, nowhere close to being and we know that. I stayed in the obvious, Captain Obvious, but we ain't Waller territory. You know, Waller was the, well, that was a trade. Uh what are the free agent tight end that that's been signed uh this in this first week of free agent that we know? Because I'm just trying to figure out where Schultz really fits in. Is he even one of the top was he even gonna be one of the top free agent tight ends that's out there? Well, he's one of the first ones taken um, okay. because you've got uh, today Austin Hooper. Reports are he's going to be signing a one-year deal with Las Vegas, you know, who traded uh, um, Waller. Uh, but, again, I, whether it's a good fit or not, I think that you have to look at what is Mike McCarthy's philosophy going to be. That's where you asked about the Bijan question. Running, uh, Having a premier running back like that, in my opinion, doesn't fit McCarthy's philosophy and so that's why Bijan in the first round unless he just falls to you for whatever reason if, if you and even to take him still I think that's that's just a bad pick so when you look at the offense if they're going to be you know stretching the field and they're going to be playing on the outsides 
you feel like maybe Ferguson can just kind of fill that role. When you look at the Texan side of things and why you why you would bring him in, because you're you're bringing in offensive and defensive minds from the Niners. Okay, right. so you have now a tight end that can be featured in that kind of offense. And again, I feel like Dalton Schultz uh, can be that guy. Well, I think Dalton Schultz is probably a fixture. If you want to go the Niners way, I think Dalton Schultz might have been pretty much brought into the Texans more for his blocking skills in the run game than his catching and his route running. If you look at really from the 49ers, because that's why I think, in my opinion, that's why I think George Kittle is a little bit better than Travis Kelsey and Waller and Andrews because George Kittle's run blocking. That's big in that type of – that separates, and, and it does matter in a fit. And that's why I said you feel like, well, this is the point. Well, Schultz has probably brought in more for his run blocking, what he did, than anything for Texas. But back to when you say Mike McCarthy's philosophy, look – when you, I, I think you got to grade it, and I hear this from a lot of people, but I think you got to grade it with a grain of salt when you say, What is his philosophy? Mike, you know, McCarthy's never had a running game. He's like, Look, as much as I criticism, criticize him, and as much as, you know, I throw his way, Aaron Rodgers, Dak ain't Aaron Rodgers. Back when you're talking about Mike McCarthy, like when you have an Aaron Rodgers, you can kind of neglect the running game. When you say the tight end is a, is, is, is a quarterback's young best thing, well, what is if we think Dak is average or a little bit above average, what's the best friend of a little bit above average average quarterback? It's a running game. Okay. Russ has a Super Bowl and two Super Bowl appearances and more wins or whatever than Dak can think of at this point. And what is the talk this offseason? What are they trying to, what is Sean Payton trying to do? He's trying to protect Russ, even if he has fallen off a cliff and say, I know how we're going to get you better. We're going to concentrate on the run game. So Mike McCarthy can have a philosophy and can sit there and go back. But he, you know, coaching Aaron Rodgers and calling plays for a guy like that and Dak, as much as I love Dak and I think you can't win a Super Bowl with him, that's night and day. That's night and day. I'm not going to say that that's like Dayton Holly Berry compared to Dayton Precious. But it, it, it's 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 different. So I think that regardless of what Mike's philosophy is, I mean, he's one where he's going to get to call the plays. But unless, you know, look, didn't they Dallas to one of their coaches, didn't they get was it Schottenheimer? Who did they hire as a quarterback's coach that I kind of liked? I don't, I, don't, I don't know if it was shot. It wasn't Schottenheimer. Um, who was it? Because I felt like, you know what? This is a guy that I think will probably be the best type of coaching that Dak has probably had. But it, it was it was early on a few weeks back that they signed. Even before free agents started, they added a coach uh, that they brought on. Who, who am well, I thinking well, of? If you're talking about quarterbacks coach, it's Scott Tolson, uh, former backup. No, not. I think they gave him another. Uh, who was the off, the offensive uh, coordinator they replaced? Brian Schottenheimer. There you go. It was Schottenheimer. Yeah, that's the best kind of coaching that Dak's going to have. When it talks about being in a room, in a quarterback room, and you're looking at film and you're doing that. Because like I told you before, um, you know, Boy Wonder, okay, Kellen Moore, he's not sitting in a quarterback's room and looking at film and have a clicker in his hand and say, hey, Dak, how many times have we talked about that? How many times have we done this? He was wearing shoulder pads sharing a room with Dak not too long ago. Schottenheimer's been around the block. He'll be, that's the best coach, and I believe that he's had. But bringing it back to my point, I'm making about Mike McCarthy. Whether his philosophy or not, they're going to have to develop a running game. 
and stay consistent with it. Because to me, if you don't do that, then what was the point of firing Kellen Moore? And really, as Mike McCarthy did, threw him under the bus on his way out. 877-37-GRIND. Also, um, the Colts, speaking before we leave the NFL, a couple other things. The Colts went ahead and signed McKenzie yesterday, a receiver from Buffalo, speed guy. Um, got him for cheap, right? I think it was pretty much a cheap deal. It wasn't nothing astronomical big on the dollars front. But the the reason why I bring it up, it just, to me, um, you know, you drafted Alex Pierce out of Cincinnati last year. Um, I know they let go or decided to let Paris Campbell walk. Um, I, I just feel that, you know, and not, not only that, you still have Michael Pitton over there. I just don't know what they've done. And they don't have that much money to, to play with. I mean, they're, they've got some, you know, capital. But again, this is how the Colts really run their organization on the earth. They're, they're, they're kind of cheap. But I still feel what they've done early on in the first week or two. I mean, look, the one thing that killed them last year besides Matt Ryan, and there's a reason why Matt Ryan killed them, because all of a sudden one of the highest paid offensive lines in football went to crap overnight in an offseason. So I feel like, have you done enough to dress, address the offensive line? Now, you know what? Let's see how that happens in draft. Now, we know where they pick being fourth overall. We know that that has to be a quarterback. And the only way that that's not going to be a quarterback or it shouldn't be a quarterback is if they've struck a deal with the Baltimore Ravens for Lamar Jackson or they've struck a deal with Cam Newton or they've just punted on this season and say, hey, we're going to go with Garden Minshew and we're going to use that fourth pick for something else, and we're going to wait on quarterback's class next year. And if they do that, I will for the first time come in here, and I probably will really lay into Chris Ballard because I will say you're chicken. Take a swing. What you scared of, man? You know, it's kind of like in the Hall Pass movie when they're all sitting around Applebee's and they got the two the Hall Passes and they ain't talking, they ain't hitting, they ain't got no chicks, no women, and the fat guy sits there with saying, "Hey." We don't mind you striking out, but at least take a couple swings. You know? I mean, I just feel that it's one of those situations to where, and I talked about it Monday, don't need to rehash it, but I don't like those reports coming out of the, oh, well, we just don't know if there's a quarterback in this draft. That's what you can find in this particular draft. You can find a franchise starting quarterback. But I just feel with the McKenzie signing, it's just, I don't know what the factuation is with Indy and Ursa and the Colts with the receivers. I really don't. I mean, that goes back to the year that pretty much when Andrew Luck was there and was taking them on to win the AFC South and was leading them to the AFC championship games. What did at that time the GM do? Oh, he drafted Anthony Dorsett, wide receiver out of Miami. While Andrew Luck continued to go ahead and piss blood and, and basically kidney from being hit and sacked. So, again, uh, you know, in the small free agent moves they've done, you know, they did pick up a pass rusher from Cleveland, one of their second, third, third string pass rushers from the Browns, just some depth. But McKenzie, okay, you know, he's fast, he's a speedster. But, again, the wide receiver problem, I can tell you in Indy safety, you know, how are you, what are you going to do to replace Gilmore? The offensive line. 
you know, I'm chalking Q Nelson, which I think is still the best in his position. I'm still chalking that up as maybe he just played hurt last year. That was Q's problem, but I, I, I don't know how I feel about that. But we know what they're doing at four. What they should be doing is drafting a quarterback. Eight seven seven three seven grind. All right, I brought it up in the uh, switching gears to college. I brought it up in the first hour, but Deion Sanders, Coach Prime. Um, that I've talked a lot about on this program over the last couple months. I mentioned it yesterday how Dion had let everybody know they had the first spring practice and they had let everybody know that, hey, you know what? You got to earn your number. You got to earn your jersey number. I said it yesterday. It reminded me of, you know, Bill Parcells showing up to Dallas, okay, and saying, hey, you know what? You're not just going to have a star on this helmet. We didn't see anything like that before, you know, going on in Dallas. Uh, we've seen, you know, I've seen universities or teams that say, you know what, we're not putting no names in the back of the jerseys. And the practice. you're going to have to earn that, you know. But Dion gave an explanation after meeting the media, and he was asked this question in regards to Dion. Explain what your thought process was in regards to letting the kids earn their jersey numbers. And this is what Dion said. Nick Rothschild, number seven. Uh, the decision to have the kids earn their jersey numbers, yeah. is there a story behind that? And what no. are you hoping that creates? I'm old school. You got to earn stuff. Ain't nobody giving you nothing. We got kids, they play the snap, you know, and you want to be one? One? You know what number one meant back in the day for us? That you were that one. Like it, It's just a new day. Single digits was something you, you had to be him. You had to be him. Now you got lineman one zeros and threes okay if i give a lineman that number the db or the receiver or the running back can't take that big number so now i got a deficit of numbers so all this stuff is strategic but i'm old school man i come from the the, the place you gotta earn it yo and again what's funny and what didn't have in that clip but what he was saying is like hey then you got your mom the mom's in the stands wearing the kid's jersey and he's out number one and he's getting murdered on the field uh but Dion is right I mean, to a certain extent, look, the whole um, and he also mentioned the fact that, you know, back then when he was playing, if you got like I've always wondered where we at right now with college, because now you get double numbers handed out. Sometimes you see two guys on a team, one's defense, one's offense, and they both got number two or they both were number five. And I think that, you know, Dion, it's right. Back in the day, you know, where linemen wore linemen numbers and you had certain. But if you had and this is coming from a guy that wore number two at Florida State being a Seminole. But I just thought it was refreshing for him to explain because I didn't think that's what most people expected him to say. I think it was one of those we understood kind of what he was probably doing and just saying, we want to earn, we want you to be in practice. We want you to do, that's the obvious. But when he just goes back in depth, I think this is another thing of another example in regards to somebody that's old school that is dealing with a generation that has a lot of self-entitlement. And again, Dion has been given the keys to the University of Colorado. And it's going to take some time. I think they are going to be competitive very early on. But I think it's going to take some time. But make no mistake about it. I mean, he's won at everything he's done. He, this is a challenge for him. Um, he has a microscope on him. But when he sits there and says that, hey, I'm from the school of you got to earn it. And I've got guys out here that's wearing this number. And see, Dion's older, but he's still like, he's a little bit more connected still to that generation he's speaking to than a Nick Saban. 
because of the age difference. Like he's old, but he can still relate to these kids, especially in that culture, what they looking for. Oh, it's cool, man. I'm going to wear number two. I'm four. You know, the NFL made a rule change and they came and got the college ways. And just a year or two ago, they changed it to where now you can have receivers wearing single numbers. You can have a D lineman, an edge rusher, you know, wearing five or a single number. So this whole notion about where there's a certain group of kids that say, hey, I want that number, whatever. For Dion to say, hey, you got to go and earn it. I like that. I like that for Coach Prime. Now, maybe I'm biased because it's Dion, but I see what he's talking about. I see what he's talking about. And I follow him on social media. I see a lot of his, his you know, his videos, I and mean, even with Jackson State, but especially just the buzz and kind of what he's done with Colorado in a short, short time. And like I said, we've got a, a little bit to go, a ways to go before we even get to August and we kick this thing off. Also, uh, College-wise as well, too. I mentioned it in the first hour as well, too. Um, you know about recruiting wars, and you know about the rivalry between Michigan and Ohio State, okay? But if you look at Michigan, and keep in mind, this is coming in an offseason where there was speculation where was Jim going to go back to the NFL? Was he going to stay at Michigan? What he's going to do? Well, in the midst of all this, he pulled off a good feat and pretty much made his his rival, his biggest rival in his schedule, maybe a little bit less talented at a certain position. We'll talk about that when we get back. You listen to the Sports Grind. Today's show is being presented by Dos Equis. Get a dose. We are broadcasting here from the Hazel Sky Online Studios. We'll be back. Are you ready for a real cocktail? Then crack open a great tasting Zing Zang ready to drink cocktail, like our Bloody Mary with vodka in a can. It's full strength with 9% alcohol and America's number one Bloody Mary mix. Or try our mango margarita crafted with silver tequila and real mango puree. Unlike those hard seltzers, each can is made with premium spirits and real ingredients, just like a bartender made it for you. Zing Zang, always bold, always ready. Go to zingzang.com to find where to buy. Please Zing Zang responsibly. Official sponsor of the Sports Grind. For more than a century, the Pendleton Roundup has defined what it means to be a cowboy. It also gave life to something equally renowned, Pendleton Whiskey, capturing that unique spirit in every bottle and honoring the enduring legacy of the American West. Pendleton Whiskey is made with the finest northern grains and cut with Mount Hood Glacier water, a whiskey that celebrates the cowboy in all of us. That's Pendleton Whiskey. That's true Western tradition. Pendleton is the official whiskey of the PBR Tour. Pendleton Distillers, Lawrenceburg, Indiana. Please drink responsibly. Pendleton Whiskey, official sponsor of the sports grind. Are you moving around the greater San Antonio area? Choose the storage experts. Tiger Moving and Storage. Whether you're moving an office or the whole family, Tiger Moving and Storage offers container drop-off and delivery with efficient, prompt, and cost-effective service. To learn more and to secure your portable storage container today, go to choosetiger.com. Tiger Moving and Storage, official sponsor of the sports grind. All right, back here on the Sports Grind, Calvin Casey, Jonas Clark producing and spinning the one and twos. 877-374-7463 is your number to participate. 
And by the way, if you call, because we had a couple phone calls, best thing to do is call during the break, because we missed the call during the uh, segment of the show. But anyway, that's just for future reference. Uh, but this last segment of the day is going to be sponsored by Zing Zing. Two words, the key to any perfect cocktail, and that is Zing Zing. All right. Make sure you try out all their pre-made alcoholic drinks, or you can just stick to the original mix and add your own favorite alcohol. That is Zing Zing, official sponsor of the sports grind. All right. So keeping it moving here um, is what I was going to talk about as we went to uh, break here. And I got some other NFL uh, notes that I want to kind of put out there. Um, but Michigan, okay, has recruited uh, and they've signed pretty much the, I would say he was ranked in the top 100 uh, in running backs, but they pretty much land one of the top running back recruits over Ohio State. He said he was the third greatest, Jonas? Uh, according to Rivals, um, through sportsillustrated.com, um, Jordan Marshall was ranked second overall in the state of Ohio and number three nationally. And the key, the reason why I'm bringing this up is because I remember the criticism that, you know, because, of course, when you go 0-4 against Urban Meyer, I mean, and I was one of Jim's critics as well, too, like, hey, man, you weren't brought here to do this. You didn't leave the NFL to do this. But when you're 0-4 to Urban Myers, of course, everybody's going to run by and kick the pile while you're down. But part of the criticism was is that he was asked on numerous occasions, and this is more of the local coverage down there in Ann Arbor and all that kind of stuff, but, hey, why aren't you recruiting in the state of Ohio? Why don't you ever go recruit in the state of Ohio? You know, just like how, you know, in Texas, in this region, we're accustomed to the Alabamas of the world, the Floridas of the world, the Oklahoma Sooners of the world, Louisiana, LSU, what do they do? They come across that border and they recruit in Texas. So the reality is Jim, over those years of struggling, was asking, why don't you recruit from the state, Ohio State? Well, evidently, he's taken some key to it because the last few years he's been able to get some recruits for kids from the state of Ohio. And due to the fact that that Ohio State had this kid on their radar and he was able, I don't know if the right terminology of flip him because I don't know exactly if he ever really gave a verbal commitment to the state of Ohio. But the bottom line is they beat out Ohio State for this running back. That is number three, according to rivals. And that's what we go on here by rivals. OK, now um, it's a big it's a big plus. And I think really, to me, what's more surprising or impressive about it, as I should say, is he did this in the midst of taking meetings to possibly take an NFL job. Now, you still got his recruits. Now, I'm not going to sit here and make it seem like just because he was interviewing with Denver or last year when he interviewed with Minnesota that all of a sudden the recruiting trail stops. But to sit there and be able to win a third-rated running back, and not only that, this is a this is a need of the Wolverines coming into the 2023 season. So just wanted to give Jim a credit on that. And keep in mind, he's 2-0 and now. He's, he's won the last, I should say 2-0, and but he's, he's won two straight games in this rivalry. One at home in the big house and one on the road in the shoe. All right? And I still stand by just him in general. I do believe still. Because keep in mind, he took two meetings with the Denver Broncos. And one of those meetings came after the fact 
that he liked or came back and made a comment on a tweet that the athletic director said, hey, well, Jim's staying in Michigan. We're working. We want him here at Michigan. He still took a interview with the Penner group. So my point is, I still stand by what I said the day he took the job when he left the 49ers. I believe that he is. Yes, he has passion. Uh, this is who he is. He's Michigan. But to sit there and think he has the path to go on to try to be the next Bo Schimbeckler, uh no. The the time that he cashes in, now he's been to two straight Final Four college playoffs. And then you know in a couple years we're about to expand the situation. But if you go and you look at it, at the end of the day, I believe when he cashes in on a national championship or gets them to that national championship game or at least wins one, he's going back to the NFL. I really do believe that. Now, it just depends on how patient, how much more patience he want to show and how determined is he to make that happen to deliver a national championship to Michigan. Because I still believe I think he's a heck of a recruiter. But the reality of it is, is that he's not. I mean, I don't still believe in this day and time he can get the kids that Alabama Florida, LSU, you know, Texas, maybe even Miami. Some of these play, I, I just don't think he can still get those type of players to go to the Big Ten and play Michigan. The only coach that I've seen be able to do it in this modern era, and I will say since the college playoffs have started, let's just go back to that short sample size, in the Big Ten, and that's Urban Meyer. He's the only guy that I've been able to see to really recruit an SEC team in the Big Ten and to have 19-year-old kids and 20-year-old kids want to go ahead and live in the state of Ohio or go up and live in Detroit up in the Michigan era area. So, the, I mean, you know, because, again, this that's the reason why I feel like I got to give Miss Flowers a little bit just for flipping this kid. Because he's in state Ohio, and of course, it's their arch rival. But I think, and you see that when you see a Michigan, you know, on the same field, let's say if they got to play a Georgia. I mean, it was obvious when you look at it and how good of a season TCU had. Matt's dug in the whole crew, but what did it look like when you ran up against Georgia and that particular team and those particular type of players? it sticks out like a sore thumb. But credit to Coach Jim Harbaugh for winning that recruiting war because that's one of those that not only is going to make your team better, but I think it's one of those that you can go ahead and kind of stick in your feather in your cap that, hey, we did it against our arch rivals. 877-37-GRIND. All right, keeping it moving here, sticking, uh, keeping it going. Uh, back to the um, NFL for a minute. A couple of other news and notes that's out there. Uh, first off, um, Jimmy G, Garoppolo. Jimmy G has had an offer from the city of Nevada. Well, I shouldn't say the city of Nevada. I should say a brothel in Nevada that they are offering. There's a brothel in Nevada that has offered Jimmy Garoppolo free sex for life. For joining the Vegas Raiders. Okay. There is a worker. Now this is. As far as I'm concerned. Okay. 
even if I, you know, even if I was younger, single man Jimmy's age and his status, and we know that Jimmy's have, have you know, in the last couple of years, he's become this, this NFL sex symbol. Okay. I see it. I mean, I, I, I hear it at home. I see it on social media, how women react to Jimmy G. But if I was in Jimmy G's shoes, first of all, I'm not wanting anything free from the chicken ranch. Because I think this brothel in Vegas is offering him free sex for life. I mean, it's well about, I mean, if you, if you grew up with HBO and you're probably from the age of 35 to 45, everybody knows about the bunny ranch. I believe has got to see that. Okay, I'm not taking anything from the chicken ranch. I don't even know if I would take chicken and eat chicken from a place called the chicken ranch, let alone something else. So this, but back to the story, this brothel, it's, it's called the chicken ranch, right? Yeah. It has a 4.2 on Google reviews, 4.2 stars out of five. First of all, I'd have to find out exactly who's giving those reviews. Cause if you get a bunch of guys that basically since, you know, it's been 15, 10 years besides they, they've touched actual flesh, besides they've put down something made out of plastic doll. They, they would give anything, maybe five or six stars. So I'd have to question who even giving Yelp reviews on the chicken ranch. But just the name itself, and I'm Jimmy G. And, you know, this really starts that Jimmy, and he swears to this day he didn't know this lady was a porn star. You know, a couple of years ago is when he went and had this lunch. I forgot her name. And it kind of went viral. TMZ had it. And the next thing you know, besides him being a good looking guy to most women's eyes, all of a sudden, by doing that, you put yourself in a situation that they're coming and offering free sex to life for Jimmy for just coming to Vegas. I'm like, man, y'all, y'all just announced that, you know, he'd already signed a contract. I mean, we had the press conferences. Y'all just some nasty asses. Y'all just want Jimmy and the chicken and the in the chicken ranch. The chicken ranch. That sounds like a new that sounds like something on a new menu at a restaurant. Like something like if you like chicken wings, but you like ranch and you just say, hey, give me give me that order, that chicken ranch. That don't even sound like that's appropriate name for a brothel. Bunny ranch. I can hear it. Chicken ranch. I don't want to eat nothing from the chicken ranch. OK, let Jimmy come on. It's just scandalous. And it's just crazy to me how we live in a society because I'm old enough to see this go in phases that just sex and stuff like that, even though it's legal there in Nevada, sex and prostitution is just so out in the open. It just don't even matter. Like, yeah, man, we go to with Jimmy G. Uh, can you imagine if the guy just actually I wouldn't even say win a Super Bowl. Can you imagine if he wins the AFC West? What they're going to offer Jimmy? Chicken Ranch. You go spend a couple hours at the chicken ranch, you catch some water won't wash off. I'll just say that, Jimmy. Proceed with caution. What do you got? For what it's worth, uh, the um, brothel market for Jimmy G is hotter than uh, his free agency market was. Hmm. Uh, Sherry's Ranch is also reportedly trying to get Jimmy Sherry's G. Ranch? Yeah, so you have the chicken ranch and Sherry's Ranch. Both from the same town in uh, Nevada. Well, I'll tell you this. Sherry's Ranch sounds like they'll pass a behind the kitchen door inspection more than the chicken ranch would. So if I just off the name alone, if it had to go to you say Sherry's Ranch. Yeah, they're only yeah. offering VIP experiences instead of uh, free sex for life. Well, see, that lets you know they're a little bit more high end. 
They just ain't going to give it away for free, like even if you are Jimmy. And if I'm one of them girls in there, why am I? Whoever put this out there, I've got to go, I got to go see this chick later on. I'm like, man, what, what are you talking? We ain't giving nothing for free. Tell Jimmy to spread some of that signing bonus money around. Say, what's the playoff bonus? If he gets the playoff bonus, why should we still be giving it for free? I have to go check that girl. Like, I don't even know how hot it is. This is still a business. Don't you understand we're in inflation? Have you seen how much eggs have cost for the last three or four months? We ain't giving nothing away here for free at the chicken ranch. That's just terrible, man. People would, Mark, you can't come up with a better name than that for a brothel that is legal in Nevada. Has Jimmy responded to this? Because, you know, this is one of those things because of Jimmy, like whether TMZ is going to catch him or either pretty much when he shows up, whether somebody's going to ask him, is he taking this up on it? Like Jimmy's going to be put in an uncomfortable position where somebody, some reporter out there is going to ask Jimmy, hey, did you take up the chicken ranch on their offer? So far, no word. Ain't going off no damn Yelp reviews on no damn brothel house of four stars i want to know everybody that put that survey and what they look at i was like what you grade as a four star i might think this is garbage you know i mean come on eight seven seven three seven grind on the football news you still have this period where you have trades and i think this is going to be going on all the way up until draft in april when you have these trade rumors uh but supposedly the cleveland browns have a love fest for Jerry Judy and has really been kicking the tires down with Denver to trade for Jerry Judy. Um, now, you tell me, who who did the Browns sign today or who they trade for today? Yeah, I, I wonder about the Judy news now um, because uh, the, the Browns have acquired Elijah Moore, slot receiver from uh, the Jets and uh, and... New York's number 47th pick, uh, 74th pick, sorry, their third round pick in exchange for Cleveland's second round pick, which is number 42 overall. Well, those sounds like the and terms. Moore's been wanting out of New right. York for a while now. Those are the terms that I was kind of hearing that could be kicked around or that was offered from the Browns for Judy. But the Broncos have been steadfast that he's out there, but they want a one for him or if they would take a two and I think this is what I heard held it up for most because New England was really I mean the whole reunite Jerry Judy Mac Jones I'm pretty sure Mac wants him there I mean you know you've got New England in a situation where I believe they're overpaying for Juju but they've got to under the circumstances post Tom Brady era but supposedly I'm hearing that maybe what turned the, like the Patriots didn't want to come off of one and the Browns didn't want to come off for one. But, however... The Browns don't have a one. They, well, they don't have one. They're going to have a future one. That's true. Okay. But they don't have theirs for the next right. like, two years. Yeah. But the kicker to this was that the Denver Broncos was willing to take a second. But you had to put a player in the match. Maybe a starter player. But make no mistake about it. I, this is... And, you know, I know Mike Kliss tweeted out uh, last week that, you know, according to him, and he's very connected in that organization... Um. That they don't really have, I mean, it looks like they're not going to have intentions to trade or just give away any of their top receivers 
in general. And I think really, you know, and this is going to be a good test, I believe, for Jerry Judy and his maturity level, because I think that's the problem I have with him. He's just not mature enough. But how is he going to handle this knowing because he's dealing with a coach now is no nonsense. I mean, you better just take it at his business. But I'm going to see how he feels knowing that it is some truth to it. He was being shopped around. But I think he needs to look at it. What they're really trying to do is get into back in this draft in the second round. At least they've got five picks this draft. They're not on the clock, I think, for the first time until like pick 84, which is like in the third round. So this is Judy has to look at that. I mean, you have Cortland Sutton and you have Tim Patrick that you gave the contracts to uh, last year. Also, Denver News, you know, it came out today and I was curious to see who leaked this out. Russell, Russell Wilson had a knee, a small knee procedure um, at the end of the season after the season was over that this news just came out. I mean, it's not that shocking news to me because I knew he was dealing. He missed those games, a couple of those games with the knee issue. Now, he claims that they – well, whoever put this out here, which I do believe, to be full transparency, I believe this was Russ's team that put this out there. Like, yo, man, back y'all's asses up. First of all, I wasn't even really 100%. Now, so according to this report that he's been dealing with this knee issue for the last three seasons. Now, do I believe that? I don't know. I know he was dealing with it last year, but make no mistake about it. I believe this is Russ. I think I'm not. I think it's true, but I definitely think this is Russ's people that leaked this out. Just like I know how it's the Ravens that leaked. Hey man, he turned down 200 million guarantee. What? No, I didn't. Russ leaked this out. Translation. Back the hell off. I'm tired of taking. There's so much a man can take, even a Christian man, as Russ. Like I'm gonna let y'all know that I was dealing with something, and that's why that was reported out there. But uh, tonight, like I said, we've got a couple NBA playoff atmosphere type of games tonight. Golden State at Dallas. Still no Luka. I'm imagining that Kyrie Irving should be playing this game. It's crunch time. Um, that's going to be an intriguing game tonight as well. You brought up the 76ers and the Bulls, which it amazes to me that the Bulls are even in the 10th spot still, to be honest with you. I really feel that Billy Donovan is pretty much one step here closer to going back to the NCAA in college here pretty soon if he doesn't want to retire. Uh, it's not all his fault in Chicago, but with some of the talent they have, and I do think the Alonzo Ball thing screwed him, but to be scrapping right there at 10 uh, when you have Zach Levine, DeMar Rosen, and things like that is still kind of a head-scratcher. But this should be an interesting night in the NBA. And reportedly the return of John Morant. Yes, John yeah, Morant. We didn't touch on that, but he is due back tonight. We'll see how that goes. Still think he got off lightly, but we'll see how Ja responds and the team responds with him coming back in the lineup. All right, man, that is a wrap. Special thanks to the producer of the show, Jonas Clark. San Antonio, El Paso, Abilene, people up in Lubbock, people up in Tyler, people in the Shaw City, people down the whole 305 South Florida region. When that alarm goes off tomorrow morning for you hit the snooze button before you roll out the rack, just ask yourself, you grinding? Peace. See you tomorrow. When life sounds too much like this... It's time to consider more of this. Sometimes a little shift is all you need. A dose of perspective. Dos Equis Lager. Get a dose. Enjoy Dos Equis responsibly. Copyright 2021. Imported by Cervezas Mexicanas, White Plains, New York. 
Whether you're looking for a date night at the Dominion or a light meal while shopping on the weekend, stop by Thai Lao Orchid at the Dominion. Just five minutes north of the shopping center, Thai Lao Orchid's Vietnamese options are great for dinner or lunch, serving up staples from curry and noodles to the house special Nam and seafood lovers steamed clay pot. They're open weeknights from 5 p.m. to 8 p.m. and noon till 9 on Saturdays and noon to 8 on Sundays. That's Thai Lao Orchid at the Dominion, official sponsor of the Sports Grind. Just because the sun is setting earlier doesn't mean the fun stops sooner. Now is the perfect time to get to Specs and stock up on after-summer savings with fresh new releases in every category. Specs has Texas' largest selection of lower-priced wines, craft cocktail ingredients, and beers that'll have you raising a glass to every sunset. The biggest savings of the season are at Specs. The fun starts here. 